There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 42, New Revised Standard Version. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Better Part Podcast with me, Carol. In this episode, I will share the struggles that I've encountered since beginning my journey as a new Christian from the summer of 2019. Okay, I'm going to start with something that, a topic that I've not been wanting to speak out loud as such. Um, this is the third or fourth time of recording the intro for this podcast because the first topic I'm going to talk about, the first struggle, is temptation. And there's a lot of um, shame around what I'm going to talk about. So, I am a born-again Christian, and in my pre-Christian life, I've had sex out of marriage. I've had multiple sexual partners, all outside of marriage, outside of marriage, the looking for love in all the wrong places scenario. I was expecting those men to show me the love that I longed for, that I didn't get growing up but they weren't looking for love. They were only after something else. And I often gave it to them because I thought that's what I wanted and needed, that it was the connection that I was looking for. Now, it was a connection, but it wasn't the one that I did actually need or the one that God actually wanted for me. Okay. I find myself masturbating when I feel lonely when I need release or to help me get to sleep. Within the past few months, I was trying to get to sleep, but I was frustrated because I was too hot to sleep. It was when we're in the middle of a heat wave here in the UK, which was very, which was in the high 30s, which is very hot for us. We tend to average around mid 20s, the occasional low 30s. So I thought I would have a play to relieve that frustration. But since I was baptised as an adult and washed away all of my past sins, I'm made new, but I'm struggling to know my place. I can no longer act on certain desires as I used to because they're now considered a sin and I'm more aware of that. It, It doesn't make me feel how it used to either, so I'm working on stopping it. And it's not as easy as what I thought it would be because it's something that I've done for many years and old habits die hard. So when I'm tempted, I take a breath and I ask God to help me with it. And he leads me to try and refocus my thoughts on him, which is a struggle because the enemy tempts me to sin. And... I eventually managed to shift my thoughts by praying for others, as I usually do, as I'm settling down to sleep, and the desire to gain relief dies away, and sleep soon comes for me. And by the morning, I've always forgotten about the temptation the previous night. 
Now, how much easier would it be if I just did the thing that I originally wanted to do? No matter what I thought or felt about it afterwards. But I know that giving in is the easy way out and it's what the enemy wants me to do. The last few times, or let's be real honest, probably the last few years, it's not had the desired effect on me. It's not pleasing me and it's not something I enjoy anymore. So why do I still want to do it? I act out of lust when I act on that temptation. And I think I lack something when I do it. I have feelings of not being good enough, of not being worthy and not being pretty enough, all coming up repeatedly. So I masturbate to feel something other than that lack. But it doesn't work. It's a selfish act and it's sinful as it's coming from those feelings of lust. But I don't know how to stop it because of the catalyst. Now, when I'm trying to sleep, isn't the time or place to start deep diving into why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm feeling, and where those feelings are coming from, and ultimately try and brainstorm a way out of that place and those feelings. Then by the morning, I've forgotten everything. I've forgotten those feelings and those thoughts, so I can't do it then. So it's a continual cycle of never-ending shame. Masturbation is a yearning for something. It's a connection. It's a release and a relief, but it no longer works. And I don't get the desired effect. I would be looking for something and longing for something that I couldn't find. And I found that in God. And it's only within the last few years since he's been pursuing me that I felt more whole inside and loved after becoming a believer especially after I got baptised in November last year. I know it may not necessarily matter whether I I act on particular self-pleasure desires, but as I'm not getting what I used to out of it, I want to stop. I'm living sexually pure in that I I haven't had sex since my last relationship ended about eight or nine years ago. And sex was created by God as a covenant between two people when they, go, when they were married. Masturbation causes thoughts and actions of sexual satisfaction. Lust we know is a sin, and it's a selfish desire to satisfy physical needs. It's a temporary gratification. It's a selfish act done alone when sex was created for in- intimacy for two people. I don't want to be sexually selfish and I no longer want to sin in this way. So what can I do to help myself when I'm tempted? I can pray for help in controlling my desires. And I can focus on 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful and will will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. New Living Translation. 
I need to become a lot more mindful of the content that I consume through TV, films, music and books. I've already cut out a lot of secular content that isn't feeding me in the right way. You know, it's more damaging than than healing. And so I've cut a lot of that out already. I'm a lot more cautious and wary and aware of the content that I do consume. And that it's still a struggle. There are still some secular TV shows that I absolutely love, but on the whole, a lot of things have been cut out. It's important to remember that if we are tempted by something sinful, that it's from the devil and that God and Jesus are waiting patiently for us to ask for their help with whatever sin we are struggling with. After leaving my ex, I thought I would be in another relationship within a few years. Well, how wrong I was. Okay, I wasn't entirely wrong. I was in a few relationships. I was sleeping with this handful of guys and I was sexting with a different handful of guys. I did what non-believers do in their late teens and early 20s while I was in my early 30s as I hadn't done it earlier. I can't help being attracted to some guys I see and I wonder if they're my person. They never are, of course, because I'm attracted to them for the wrong reasons. I want them to help fix me and to love me as I've never been loved. And I guess I'm still in that societal mindset that they will complete me because of that belief is ingrained in me since being born as such. I know not all guys are the same, but I also don't trust my judgment. The last two guys I thought were for me weren't and both ended up hurting me. I'm scared, obviously, of opening up my heart to someone and then them stomping all over it because that happened before. I've noticed myself having feelings of jealousy towards women who have a boyfriend, fiance fiance or husband, followed by thoughts of unworthiness because I don't have any of those. And will I ever have that? Some days I'm okay knowing that I may never experience that. And other days I can't help but wonder, is there something wrong with me? Will I be alone forever? I've not had a relationship for about nine years and I can't exactly remember how long ago it was. But can I find peace if I'm called to be single forever? Society has made it negative that we aren't whole people because we haven't found our person. Now, I know my fellow believers would argue that I'm never alone as God is always with me, but that's not quite what I meant. Will I ever love and be loved by another human in a romantic relationship? I want to add again to the end of that because I've never been truly loved by those that I have loved. I've already learned that my worth doesn't come from others, my job or external forces, but only from God. I struggle with this fact a lot as it's still new to me. So I'm, I'm so used to how society, um, we think that 
our worth comes from what we do and what others say and and think of our, and think of us. If I knew I would be single forever, I could prepare myself for that. But clearly, I've no such insight. I may end up in a new relationship and get married, but this obviously is all unknown to me at the moment. In my immediate circle, there's no one suitable for me to begin dating. So it looks like a single life for me is for the foreseeable future. That reminds me of a few blog posts that I wrote a few years ago titled The Dating Game. There were three blogs in the series in November and December and January. Um, So 2018 to 2019. I struggle to know how to approach the dating world as a born-again Christian. How do I meet Christian men? You'll probably tell me, duh, at church. But there aren't any suitable or eligible men at my church. The single men aren't my type, i.e. I don't find them attractive or they're far too young. Now, I know looks aren't everything, but it does tend to help. We're also a pretty small church. I've never been the most confident, especially in dating. And it doesn't help that I'm also the most clueless at knowing when a guy is interested in me. All that coupled with my not believing that I'm good enough, pretty enough, means I have no hope or microscopically slim chances of leaving single town. I know my age isn't helping as people are already well settled by my age. And if they are single, they most likely have children. In this case, they'll be more cautious about who they let into their lives, and I understand that. But as of this podcast, I'm happy where I am. Life is uncomplicated by anyone else, and I can be selfish with how I spend my time. Maybe the lesson in this season is to heal from my past and learn how amazing I am to get to know my abilities and his truth of who he created me to be. I'm getting to know and love myself along with getting to know and to trust God. Colossians 2.10 says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ. This means that I don't need anyone to complete me. I'm already complete that I am not less than because I am single. This verse from the Bible says that I was always enough. And I need to know that those who told me otherwise lied to me to make themselves feel better about themselves. Maybe they didn't think they were worthy of being God's child and they didn't want me to be either. It seems unfathomable. Unfathomable? to me that he planned my life millennia before I was even born. The chances of me being here, of any of us being here, is so tiny that it's a miracle we are all here in the times that we are. Society expectations are to go out, drink lots, meet someone and take them home or go home with them. I did both of those things multiple times because I was so lost and searching for love in the wrong places, but I didn't know. I can't remember the last time I went out and drank lots. I'm guessing it was probably around seven years ago when a couple of friends used to have a pub uh, club nights on. 
um, at local city centre nightclub. But I got fed up of waking up regularly on Sundays, feeling like crap and effectively wasting a day feeling sorry for myself. When I stopped going out on Saturday nights, I realised I got the whole next day back. Now, my uh, last drink was either my previous work's Christmas do, or it might have been the ladies' night out from my church, both of which, which were in early 2020. So, and it was before the first UK lockdown. I would only have a couple of drinks and I'd be okay with that. When I stopped drinking and going out, I regained my Sundays and realised why I'd lost. They became my rest and recharge days, a day to debrief from the previous week and recharge for the upcoming week. I began to be productive on Sundays. I'd put the laundry on, I'd chill, I'd get my food shop done for the week ahead and prepare my work lunches for the upcoming week. I realised what a waste drinking was. At least four to five alcoholic drinks, which would ruin me for the next day. I had a hole in my heart and I tried to fill it with the wrong things and wrong people. It wasn't for something of this earth or another human to fill it. It was for Jesus to fill. As non-believers, we searched and searched to feel filled and make made whole from external sources such as drink and sex, money and adoration from others. But all along, we need to look inside to find Jesus who was there all along, patiently waiting for us to realise that he alone fulfils us. I was lost until he found me. He kept calling me and calling me until I finally listened. Non-believers are all his lost sheep and it's up to them to want to hear him. I was yearning for something. I didn't know what I was looking for. I was looking to fill my heart and I found external sources such as sex and alcohol. I needed to be loved, but I did it in the wrong ways and with the wrong people. I was filling the void in my heart with the wrong things. My heart needed God, not what I was giving it. I still keep my Sundays for rest and recharge purposes, and in addition, they're now centred around and focused on God. A product requires a process. I can't expect to be an excellent Christian overnight. And whatever is a proper Christian, does it even such a thing exist? Becoming and being a Christian is a journey full of learning and growing experiences. I need to unlearn the old ways and learn a new set of beliefs and practices. I'm a baby Christian and I can't expect to be perfect straight away. And didn't Jesus say no one was perfect? Matthew 5:48 says, But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. New Living Translation. So we become perfect by becoming his fully. Because he is perfect. But it's not an overnight thing. We are a flawed race. Sometimes we're too easily led by the enemy and think we control things too often that isn't meant for us to control. No one said it was easy. And historically, Christians, like other faiths, have been persecuted. 
accepting Jesus into your life means more attacks from the enemy as he was so used to ruling and running some of our lives previously. We now know who's against us, but we also have an amazing father who will help us battle the demons if we ask him. James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it a joy to face trials of many kinds. Wow. My takeaway from that, everything is worthwhile and even pain leads to better things. Something else that I've struggled with is reading the Bible. I just, where do I start? I've read the Gospels, which are suggested is a good place to start. And I've also read about Joseph in Genesis and I've read Esther and Nehemiah through a Bible study group. But what to read after that? It's overwhelming, but I must recognise that even though it is God's word, it's also just a book with stories about people. Besides, he already knows our struggles. He knows that I struggle with temptation, with reading the Bible and other things. To help me, I recently bought yet another Bible, but this one's a daily one with different sections to read each day. There's something from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then there's a Psalm and Proverb. So far, it's working for me when I remember to pick it up as part of my quiet time. And because there's parts of the Old and New Testaments, I'm reading parts of the Bible that I haven't already read. And it's allowing me to read sections that I may never have got to otherwise. Another thing that I've really been struggling with is trusting God. Trust is a word that has come up for me continuously over the last few years because my ex damaged my trust. God wants me to learn to trust him, but I'm resistant to it. I'm so used to thinking that I control things that I'd rather continue to hold on to things because it's scary. It's less scary than letting go. Letting go of control is terrifying, especially when I didn't have any for the duration of my last long-term relationship. I did a 180 and attempted to control everything. God wants me to let go of what I'm holding and carrying that it that wasn't for me, but I just can't seem to let go. I know it's more painful and it takes more energy to hold on, but how do I give control over to him? Twice this month, trust has come up again. I couldn't control my life, so trying to control everything is ridiculous because most things are uncontrollable. And this is where the trust has shown up. I need to trust God and let go of what I'm holding on to and that I shouldn't be. The last few times I trusted completely, I got so hurt and so understandably reluctant to let go again. Muscle memory has it that my hands are in such a tight grip on these things and he's trying to prise my fingers open to let go. 
last month my church sang Oceans by Hillsong United and it was on my heart for many mornings following and it had me in tears when I listened to it every single time. Particularly, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. Powerful. How do I let go of something I am so used to trying to hold onto that I'm numb to the pain of it? So how do I trust God? He needs to be my first in everything. Numbers 23.19 came up recently and it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So God can't lie, but because we are humans and we lie, we don't seem to be able to believe him and belief equals trust in him. God is unchanging. We don't believe God often because we're so used to dealing with people who lie and cheat. So we struggle to see God as anything different from what we are. I need to learn to trust God is who he says he is and that he is for me, that he is with me as he always has been. But I need to start believing in my abilities to do something while trusting God in that situation as well. I just have to figure out how to believe in my abilities and believe him and trust him that he is at work. My confidence at work has been taken a knock while it's been really quiet the past few months. And I was reminded of a couple of phrases recently in my quiet time. Fake it till you make it and mind over matter. These have been helping me a lot to let go of the stress and anxiety at work lately. It's helped me with my depression years ago and it's helping me again now. I'm pretending that I'm confident, which allows me to feel more confident and as a result, feel and look more relaxed when I'm serving a customer. But it's taking the pressure off of me as well. And I'm slowly releasing my grip on things that are work-related. And God is slowly taking over for me. Why do I share these struggles? Well, over the last few years, I've searched online for how to be a Christian after being sexually active. And I've come with come up with little to no information that I found helpful. And I know I'm not the only one in this situation. So why the lack of valuable resources? Anything that I have found about being a new believer says to join a church, find a Christian community, read and study scripture, all the standard things we do as Christians. But how do I navigate the temptations and beliefs from my past that are no longer suitable to do because I'm now a Christian? That's what I want to know. 
how do I navigate not giving in to my old ways of sexual temptation? How do I find a suitable Christian man who isn't old or far too young when my church is tiny? How to date as a born-again Christian after being sexually active and now wanting to honour God? Nothing but questions. I guess I should take them to God. Well, yeah, that seems obvious now. I need to take these things to Jesus and lay them at his feet. I need to hand them over to him for him to do his will. They are not for me to control. Wow. Well, that all came from a journal post recently. And I know that it was directly from him. Because he knows what I needed to know. And that someone else also needed to hear that. This is why I journal, why I share my stories on Instagram and write blog posts about what I'm going through. Because writing it down, typing it out also helps me to process things. And as just in this case, get amazing nuggets of wisdom downloaded straight from Jesus. This is why I was led to the Mary and Martha story last year this moment right now to sit at Jesus's feet and hand these things over to him for him to take them off me as they were never meant to be my burden to carry they are for him to deal with on my behalf and it's all a part of his plan for his glory and I am a mere pawn in his game as such his will be done not mine I need to take my hands off the wheel and trust that he has control of everything, of it all. That's a huge ask as a new believer, but I'm willing to work on it more with him and to see where he takes me, to see what excellent plans he has prepared for me in his timing. God still loves me. He called me back to him like the lost sheep I was. The one Jesus mentions in the parable of the lost sheep. He still loves me and wants me to follow him no matter how far I've strayed. If I ask for his forgiveness, I will receive it. I want God to be pleased with me and I want to be his dutiful daughter. But I'm fumbling in the dark as it's still new to me and I'm still learning everything. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you think it could benefit someone else, please share it with them and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I have a few ideas for the next couple of podcasts, but if there's something specific you'd like me to talk about from my journey, either DM the podcast on Instagram at the Better Part Podcast or email us at thebetterpartpodcast at gmail.com. The links for both of those are in the description.